majors. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie DeSanto. And Brian, introduce our special guests. We are very, 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 very lucky to have two of the hosts, the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, No Limits, a Mitrad podcast. Mike and Chris, welcome, guys. Welcome, Mike Hello. and Chris. Hello. Thanks for having us. Huh. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, as we know, I am a huge Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, Mitch Rapp fan. Katie still has no idea who any of those three. Katie doesn't. Think I got Katie it. knows. She does know that one is the I character. Think I got it. No, no, one I is know. the original writer, and one okay. is the new. So okay, Mitch Rapp this. started the whole thing. Yeah. What? Then no, no. He's, he's the character. <laughs> Mitch Rapp's the character. God damn it! <laughs> that's the easiest thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that, like that the... doesn't sound like a character name, Mitch Rapp. No, but that that's the name of their podcast. Like a, so they're yeah. following the character. Oh, I thought, the, I, I thought it was. I thought it was like a Carolyn Keene oh, of the Nancy oh, Drew experience. Like, <laughs> clearly, like clearly, Nancy Drew is clearly the character name. Carolyn Keene. You Keen. need to start listening to No Limits so you have an idea <laughs> yeah. of what is actually yeah. happening. Let's be clear. Vince Flynn could work as a an character. espionage thriller it's a great character. Great character yes. name. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank you. Kyle Mills also. That could be yeah. a Kyle great. Mills. All Kyle good Mills names. sounds like a middle relief yeah. baseball pitcher. And they are all structured <laughs> yes. Yes. very similarly. They're all similar names. Coming yeah. in out of the bullpen. Kyle One to two Kyle Mills. Kyle Flint. You could just crafty lefty. He sounds like a crafty left-hander. <laughs> so we are thrilled to have you guys on. They were nice enough to have me on a couple of months ago. And, and we your were talking check is in the mail for that. <laughs> Thank you for having I, Brian. Shockingly, I talked enough not to give them just one episode, but bonus content. For I can't true. imagine why. So I, as a guest, I deliver. You, guys, you look very familiar. Are these Scranton people? Are you? These no, are, these are not. Scranton. They're just like I feel like I know you. Like my soul They'll recognizes you as like college stories I hear on the podcast. You would have. Fit. I feel like you fit right they're in. Not that dissimilar. Right they're in. Not, yeah, they're yeah. similar. Very. Some of yours. Just there was a story it. once where you ate hundreds of wings or something, oh. wasn't there? That I was like, that is on the regular. Yeah, Maybe that's where I've seen is... you. Have you participated in the what is the Philadelphia lots of eating anymore. thing? The wing bowl. The wing Wing bowl. Did oh, you ever participate bowl. in the wing bowl? Have I seen you on television? <laughs> you, no. No, I did I do not. the pretzel ball, though. The always, pretzel ball. Always the very tiny woman. Jim very used tiny to make woman pretzels for a living. Ooh, yeah. He was a uh, not, not for a living as like well, a, as a summer job, like a living. Well, it earned you. I mean, you you got enough money to do some right. things, not right. like for your yeah. full time job. It wasn't right. a full time. It was job. not it was a career. It was one of the jobs <laughs> that folks do on their way to making a living. To the yeah. top. Yes. Yeah. To, to host on the way to the top. Yes. Yes. On your way to here. <laughs> on the on your way to right here. Oh my God, you too. So, so Chris and Mike, for those uh, who may not be listening to No Limits and need to, like Katie, so she understands who I the do. character and author are uh where did no limits come about and where can people listen to you follow you all that great stuff let me take it all right chris <laughs> so uh mike like you said mike and i met in college and we started by either either mike or one of our other friends gave me a bunch of thriller novels and um i didn't read many of them then but then recently during quarantine i needed something to do so i picked up reading the series again and we thought hell there's no we look google search and there was no or i guess podcast search there was no podcast de devoted to vince flynn kyle mills or mitch rap or like let's just be two white dudes doing a podcast you know yes <laughs> it sounds familiar so yes. which college did you all meet at 
Uh, Catholic University Catholic of America. Catholic University. Ah. Yeah, down here in D.C. Yes. And sir. is that where you're Northeast. from? You're originally of D.C. to D.C. Um, now in also still D.C.? They will answer the question if you stop talking. <laughs> yes. If Chris is from. Chris is from. I'm from the uh, yes. And I'm from Long Island. So uh, <gasps> we, we know many Long Islanders. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 We've Indeed. met. Yes, Katie too has been on Long if Island. If you are from yeah. Long Island, we have, we have met. Yes, <laughs> we have dispersed, and we're all over now. That is true. The so, I mean, of Long. But I mean, not only do they talk Vince Flynn, uh, Kyle Mills, and Mitch Rapp, which is amazing series, and break down the books and stuff like that, but they also have you know fantastic guests from just the thriller and industry as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the main character, Mitch Rapp, who we follow for those like Katie, um, mm-hmm. which we're, we're, we're not judging. We're saying Please don't. Please inviting don't judge. you to the yes. I appreciate that. You into yes. the fall. I feel, wo- I feel welcome. <laughs> He's a, to put it no other terms, a super assassin, C- the CIA's best, uh, most talented assassin working with the most talented team of intelligence operators that we wish our country actually had. And so we go into that world, not just the stories and recapping them and reviewing the books, but bringing on guests. So one of the books about an assassination plot um, with certain senators and, and Congress people, we brought in a staffer who worked for the majority whip during the softball shooting uh, a number oh. of years back in Alexandria yeah. and what the experiences was like during a real assassination plot. You know, while we're reading fiction, there are many people who have these experiences and bravely faced them in the real world. And then we also brought in uh, an author who wrote a few books um, on executive protection, who has served on the director of the CIA's protection detail and was in charge of protecting the director of the CIA. So, you know, we like to find these inroads to the actual real world applications of what Mitch Rapp is doing in the books. Very cool. We are making our way for the first time, 20 years too late through West Wing. And it has shaded and the way so that many I look at these, everything. Yeah, yeah, now. there's so many of these yes. like, uh, you know, behind the scenes yeah. little things. Like and, following yeah. the inauguration, I realized every article I read about the White House, I was looking at through the lens of the West Wing. The West <laughs> like, Wing, exactly. If it doesn't line up with the West Wing, I don't believe it. It's it's so true. Yep. Government well, only should work how the West Wing works. Thank it you. Be very world. Yes. Or, yep. or how House of Cards works. This, <laughs> oh, wow, about that. This, it's probably this, more like House of Cards yeah. than West Wing, though. This is where Scandal screwed me up, though, because I watched Shonda's Shondaland... And she told me that there was an underground government operation that took care of things when stuff in the government was going wild. And then I waited and it never it happened. <laughs> Keep waiting. Still yeah. waiting. Yeah. Keep Still waiting. waiting. Podcast though. West Wing Weekly. One of my all-time awesome. favorite podcasts. That's a great one. That is a good one. The gold standard. Yeah. yeah. You great should get one. in on that. Well, I, I can say this. There is more excitement in one minute of No Limits than in the entire movie from this week, which is Tinker Tailor. I was going to ask. So since we're on the genre, we would not call this at all a thriller. This would be like an anti-thriller. Let's talk about that when we get to All right. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about what we're drinking this episode. In my case, a lot when I was watching this movie. So what is everybody else? Jim, There's a lot of alcohol in this movie. It's true. Right on the table. Yeah. So I, I I went with just some bourbon. Um, 
They're usually drinking the brown, the brown liquor. Yeah, this. And, yeah. and well, there's some shots of what seemed to be gin as well. Mm. But I, I went for just some mm -hmm. bourbon, some brown liquor. Did you, did you put enough in there to get you drunker faster than five hours? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. That scene was funny. Yes. Yeah, that was. Oh, Tell Katie, us. look at that. Oh, so, you know, Katie likes to have a theme drink, and I thought gin would be a, a good theme for I, the... I think a lot of folks haven't seen Britain. this movie. Yeah. Yeah, so we were stuck on recommendations, and Jim bought gin. Gin, and gin. we have some elderflowers stuff left over from our... Because oh, we just got arsenic and old lace. I'm into it. I'm into it. And so, it's good. Yeah, this I have is to be a, honest, I don't usually go for the cucumber... This but is, you're winning me over. Yeah, this is uh, a cucumber uh -huh. gin gimlet with elderflower. And it, it's good. So it's lime juice, gin, St. Germain, and cucumber. The cucumber always takes me back to our juicing days. Do you remember mm. when we yeah, juiced yeah. for a hot mm. second? Yeah. Cucumber you, you always takes me right juicing? there. We had a juicer. We juiced. It was good. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Chris and Mike, what do you guys have? Mike? Well, I, this movie takes place in England, so I have a drink that has nothing to do with England. <laughs> a good old Peroni. <laughs> Love it. I Astro thought you were coming Turo. in strong. I, I was ready. I like to go to Italy. <laughs> uh, remember well, Italy? Well, like this movie, it's about espionage and oh. subterfuge and, you know. Yes, you're hiding. There you go. Are, are you yeah. going to pull a label off and it's actually going to be an English beer at the end <laughs> the whole, whole time? It's a, or a Russian, it's, a, it's a Russian beer. Yes. You just pull it off. It's a Russian beer. Chris, what do you have? I just have a uh, local beer as a oh, brewing company, a sour ale. Mm. Very nice. I am drinking uh, Tendril uh, IPA. It had just a vibe of uh, kind of spy-ish look to it. Hmm. Uh, it is from Proclamation Ale Company in Warwick, Rhode Island, and, and it is delicious. Brian, I must inquire. For yes. the friends that are not seeing what's going yes. on behind you, um, it looks like a soccer team threw up in your, yes. in your office. What's, it did. I what's just, going on? I have just uh, been reorganizing things. Oh, that's not, this is not purposeful for no, tonight? No, I'm just reorganizing. <laughs> There's a lot not of purposeful. red. There's a lot There's of a red lot. going red. on behind I'll just move over a little bit. I thought you were making you. a statement. Yeah. No, no, I was, I yes, I'm on the wrong side Soviet. Here. It's the Soviet uh, flag behind me. Speaking of deception with drinks, though, I do yeah. have a good one, Chris, from what was that this summer when we all met up down in um, Williamsburg? We were deceived yes. by, by Aslan Brewery that you're drinking. I had brought up a selection and one I was really excited to try. Chris actually said, hey, can you pick some of this up? We, we should, you should, we should try it together. It was a watermelon sour. So I love sours. It's the summer. We're going, you know, to the river. We're renting a boat. Watermelon sour sounds perfect. They had hidden on the label in very small text that habanero is one of the main Ooh. ingredients. Oh boy. <laughs> it was a, a habanero watermelon sour. You think they would want to advertise that. They yes. do not want to advertise That's that. That's not a comfortable yeah. drink. And you're on a and boat. And we're on a boat and we're hammered and it's a hundred plus degrees out on the James river. And we're, we're drinking habanero watermelon sour. And I take the hottest food possible. That thing was disgusting. <laughs> it was yeah. disgustingly hot. So I they snuck in those habaneros. Drinks. No spicy sour beer. The only exception is, is a bloody Mary. I'll go for a little spice. Yeah, but that's, my bloody if, Mary. if it's balanced properly, yeah. that's fine. But you can only have one. Um, yeah. Just one. True. Very true. They tricked us. Um, they tricked us. That's a trick. Yeah. Uh, Katie, 
run down this oh, seven Jesus hour Christ. film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was only two hours. I chose to go with no character names because who can keep all the white men straight? I can't. <laughs> throw it. Throw a something. What do you throw? Throw things. Shoe. And you hit, you throw Honestly, a shoe and you hit a white man. A okay. Honestly. <laughs> Um, there's a mole at the top of M16. <laughs> Do I even have the it's name? 16? By the way, it no. is not M16. I had to change this in the post you made. MI6? What is it? An M16 is a gun. It's That's a MI6. Gun. MI6. But it's not even really MI6, right? It's they not, don't well, say that. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the circus. Let's just the roll circus. with it. We'll yeah, roll with it. The circus. <clears throat> I'm going to say it again. I'm just going to say it differently. Okay. There's a mole at the top of MI6. While trying to find the mole, an agent gets shot, and MI6 leadership gets fired. Now, Mr. Smiley, the ousted leader number two, has been asked to solve the mystery from the outside in. Is it scrunchy-faced guy, giant-faced man, or the ever-perfect Colin Firth? You bloody well watch this slow burn to find out. All right. Uh, thank you, Katie. Katie. That was a good one. I, I know exactly. That was great. That was Mance man. Radar. Yeah. Yes. Giant from, face guy. From yes. Game of Thrones. And Colin Yes, Game of Thrones. Thanks. Katie, now, uh, Toby Katie I want to say now in honor of this movie, uh, we are not going to allow a woman to say anything else the rest of the time. <laughs> Unless she her gender is questionable or she's being used as a sex object. Okay, Uh, great. (laughs) Let's go through a grade of the week. How would everybody grade Tinker, Taylor, Soldier Spy? Let's start with our guests, Mike and Chris. Mike, how about you? Where on the grade of A plus through F minus, or as we like to call it, A plus through rad? uh, How would you grade (laughs) Tinker, Taylor, Soldier Spy? Well, so I don't know how accommodating you'll be to a little context, but uh, I've read the book. I'm a big Le Carre fan. And these are, particularly this one, one of my favorite spy stories of all time. I will agree. Not a thriller, not an action movie, but a spy story. So uh, as a story and as a movie, cinematograph- cinematographically, cinematographically, whatever. Yeah, that the it works. Mm-hmm. It works. Um, it's shot exceptionally well. The acting is A+. Plus. I want to give an A-plus to the complexity of the story. As a viewer experience watching this film, it's hard to keep track of. The characters could get lost. If you're a newcomer to Le Carre or his, his writing and his stories, this film might lose you and not get your attention. So I'm going to have to end up probably at a B plus though. I think the artwork behind it is clearly an a plus, but as a film, as a whole, uh, I got to settle on a B plus B plus Chris. How about you? What do you got? Uh, similar to Mike, but like a B minus B minus. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Jim. I'm going with a C plus on this one, mainly for the same reasons. Um, but I'm also beholden to sort of the grades that I've given before to other movies. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm coming in and I don't know. Yeah. See, but that's okay. That's okay, okay for so you guys. But you don't have to okay. worry about the scale. You um, guys can grade on your own scale. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about what I sure. what I think are some of the like some of the things that I wish were a little different for the movie. There, there's a reason that it didn't get nominated for Best Picture, but it got Best Adapted Screenplay, yes. Best Actor, right. Or, right. Best uh, yep. Score. You know. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Katie? Yeah, I, I can appreciate that there are pieces of this that are exceptional. It, it uh, Surprise, surprise, I recognize I am not the target audience for this film. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, I'm fine with giving it a B minus. I like I, I thought Gary Oldman was quite excellent. And I do love some Colin Firth. Um, and the, the story was very interesting. B minus. Hmm. Uh, all joking aside, I joke. I, I didn't think this was an awful movie. I, I'm probably hovering between a B and a B minus. I think Mike's right visually. Yeah, it's great. Um, and this is why one of the guys that Christopher Nolan uses a lot of as his cinematographer. Visually, it's it's beautiful. Um, and I think ambitious and interesting at points and then kind of slow and meandering at points um, that makes it problematic. You, you know, what's funny it, and, and maybe just to kick us off in, in a direction uh, and I'm not sure I feel one way or the other on this, but there were there was part of me that felt like they intentionally removed like any sort of action or almost like tense moments in the resolution. Like, I don't want to jump all the way to the end, but you mm -hmm. never see him like get the drop on them. You never see any like you get that opening scene with um Mark Strong, where he gets shot. But there's not really any... There seems to be, like, the, like you would expect more tension, and it's not really there for me in this movie. There's, I think... Yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, uh, think, oh, well, yeah. well, so, like, for, for me, it's like, if you go that route, then, and you remove, like, a lot of the character development, you don't learn... You don't really know any of these people... You Not remove all. all that, you move then you need to have like a really tight story that does ride the tension and 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 sort of re release of that and and kind of pay off. And I get that they didn't want to give you that, but then they sort of half gave you like what are these guys dealing with in the job that they're doing? And that's the story I wanted to see more of. Because I, right. I just love the character piece of it. And they never really go there. They show you these quick little moments. But they don't even introduce you to the, the partners or significant others yeah. of these folks. That was going to be my question. But so they show, you, they want that to be, they clearly want that to be part of the story, but they don't. She's like, not important enough for you to see her face. That right. Well, my dog's being well, an asshole. Benedict I, Cumberbatch's partner gets more screen time and at least a line. Yeah. I, I was going to say yeah. that maybe things that naturally in a, in a story or in reading a book that are super suspenseful. Like, let's just take the, the scene where he's getting the, um, the documents, the, right? the, the, the log book from yeah. Oh, yeah. the MI6. Like when you read that, I'm, it's and Mike said he, when he read it, he was like on the edge of his seat. Oh. Yeah. And yes, it did have like some little anticipation when you're watching it, but it, that's, that's something that's way more engaging via text than actual visualizing it. Yeah. That's what, that's all I thought. But I, but I think they, they could have, and without changing it, they could have shot that in a way because I was starting to feel it, right? Mm -hmm. But then they immediately yeah. give him an out yeah. when that when she, when he he gives the case away, like, and those are the little things that you need to change when you're adapting, when you're going from a novel to something that's going to be shown because it's inconsequential to the overall plot. But having him have that case with him the whole time would have been so much more tense in that conversation where he's 
now figuring out that Benedict Cumberbatch is now figuring out that they're questioning him about something totally different than the reason he's in the building. Um, well, Mike yeah. read the book and yeah. I think let's, yeah. let's hit on this right off the case. Cause I've read it, Mike read, but Mike, you said you reread it this month. So you're yeah. most, and this book, by the way, is a standard bearer for cold war thrillers of yeah. the seventies. Yeah. I mean, this was yeah. like genre defining everything. I mean, until yeah. Tom Clancy comes along with hunt for red October, um, you know, this is probably maybe the most notable spy thriller that exists. And you were talking like before we came on about just how loyal they are to it. So what about the pieces that you liked in the book maybe didn't translate with as much tension or something along those lines as you were visually seeing it? Well, I I think you you guys nailed it. Yeah. Jim and Chris talking about the scene, uh, taking the logbooks and the documents out of MI6 when you when you read that on the page and they did it with such fidelity that the handoff of the briefcase with the documents as he gets pulled into a meeting with the upper brass on the page is so your ha- your heart is pounding out of your chest because you know the stakes of him getting caught and you know the stakes not just to him personally but to the whole grand plan that George Smiley is is putting together and that control the old man you know started and so this whole plan that's been in motion Right here, it can fall apart. Yet, watching the film, I feel like even myself, who 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 knows the story, I was like, "Wait, who? What? Where? He's going over here. They're going over there. This person comes in, takes takes person A to this meeting on this floor, and the drama gets lost. The tension is kind of lost amidst." who are these characters and what are all these moving pieces? So I do agree, Jim, that doing something like straying from the book in that particular scene, maybe could have benefited the movie and would not have been a trade-off that would upset fans of the book. You know, I think the, the production team could have been more aware of the give and take. Like I'm really glad to see a lot of these scenes on screen, but so that more people can access the story and enjoy it and therefore maybe learn to pick up a Le Carre novel or a Cold War thriller, I think the movie could have made different um, adjustments. Uh, just another one I'll point to is when Smiley is following down every lead. In the book, it shows how detail-oriented he is. He's willing to go to Connie Sachs. If you remember her, she was that somewhat aloof woman. Oh, we remember. Woman. Yeah. Oh, we remember. Yeah. She's one of three women in the in- yeah. Movie that has speaking parts. Yep. Yep. I mean, that is a a somewhat tense scene, Mm -hmm. and it shows Smiley's abilities in his job as an MI6 agent, uh, or excuse me, operative. Yet in the movie, I'm like, what's going on here? Why are they forcing this in? And And what role is she playing? Also, it raises these weird questions on like, that never get answered, she? right? Is she yeah. at a boarding house? Or is that yep. her kid? Who's making well, out on the couch? What is going what is on? She's here? making like a weird sexual advance to this guy that used to be her boss yeah. and she looks very asexual. There is a weird thing happening. Yep. Also, she is the only female employee of this organization and she is presented in like a hmm. completely... I'm well, sorry. That's not the true. other there folks are secretaries. Of, right, there were right. a lot of secretaries. I'm so sorry. But I do think she that is the only fair, person who is, is in any sort of an analyst. Historically accurate. It, it's you know, historically I mean, that accurate. 
and Katie, one other thing is um, when reading that, the actual like weird kind of um, house they're at, she actually is in some drama group or running some drama group. So you have a lot of these young in um, yeah, uh, thespian kind of roles. That doesn't, doesn't come make sense, through. Right? Well, they're, they're that doesn't through. come through yeah. in on the, the page, film. Though, yes, on the, on the page, page, it adds the texture of the story and how it is sure. countercultural and how MI6 was trying to bring in people who would think outside yes. the box or come from these different backgrounds and approach things in a different way. You, you don't know, get you any know, of that in the movie. In the movie. But, and and the way they present it. her with her box of photos makes her seem like a total, like, wet job. Right? But so, like, she's our one freaking woman. Yeah. She Come seems on. like a voter that yeah. is the landlord of the house. I'm sorry. Yes. Historically yes. accurate yep. only gets you so far in my book. I'm sorry. We have <laughs> well, seen how Hamilton wanted... can take any any well, person in history. Yeah, well, I, I'm I, sorry. There's not, like, it's the 70s. It's not 1925. That's right. Katie, in, ni in 1999, that's what was happening, let alone oh, okay. 1970. But like, you have I mean, just one woman working for the organization and you have a choice at how you portray her. She is the only one who seems like she is yeah. not mentally yeah. well. And they, yeah, and, <laughs> and that's part of the story is the new breast who takes over. I think you call them scrunchy face, which I love, mm -hmm. pushes her out. She's yeah. another one who got fired with the old guard, yeah. even though she was actually doing her job scanning these files and could have been the best analyst mm -hmm. and the one they needed because she looked at this, I think this film clip. Yes, mm -hmm. right. And, and saw interviews. the guy, yeah. And she saw one give another one a salute, even though he's out of uniform. And so she was the missing piece. And I think it just does speak to the time period that she got pushed out yeah. and that she got sidelined. And I think that should rub us in the you know 21st century the wrong way. And, you know, we should be sensitive to that. But I think it, it might capture the time period of someone like that who had the missing piece because they were kind of countercultural and quirky. Get yeah, sidelined and I just wish that we had out. a comparable male character to that in the film so that it doesn't feel well, like you've let's, taken the only well, female. On. And let's talk about character because I think that's star missing. Cast. That the star study cast is the cast is incredible. There are no characters yeah. in this movie. No, <laughs> they, besides like, Smiley, though, I feel like but, Smiley could be the only one. I don't. Is Smiley I, sleeping no, with a sixteen-year-old, like, or is no, that no. really his wife? Hold on, I'm sorry. What? About three quarters she of the way through the movie, not his age. I was like, <laughs> "What is like?" I'm. I've got nothing of his motivations at all, mm. and like that's part of my problem with with this is that like I feel like I I like the really mundane spy thriller as far as like this is like real world stuff that could could be happening it's not you know mission impossible, mission impossible. it's not right yeah mm. that terrible franchise mm. um <laughs> it's uh that's a dig but, but uh, hold brian, your tongue it's, but, brian we love uh, mission impossible just joking right but and and i do love that but i feel like the most interesting part of those kinds of things are like who the people are that are that are doing this and we don't like the only bit of character information we get about smiley is that his wife was cheating on him with one of his coworkers and that is like such a minuscule part of like who he is that like and they're just saying that's all you need to know about why this guy is doing what he's doing or like why like you know all you need to know about this man because of how he reacted to that situation. I just, and then you get none of the other stuff. And, but 
they're playing with this idea that like we should we should just understand it like the relationship with Colin Firth with um I forget his his character's yes, name. Yes, can you please pull them up because we uh, need Jim to. And Mark, Jim Prudhoe is Mark Strong, yeah. and and yeah. Colin Firth and is that Bill relationship. Bill yeah, all of that. And Bill there's Hayden. like clearly yeah. some kind of deeper relationship there yeah. that is well, hinted in the book, at. They are also hinted at. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that you get. I think you get the most on your original agent who gets shot. What's his name? Purdue. Jim Purdue. 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 Um, Purdue. I think his, I think his performance was exceptional. I think you yeah. get the most side story, yeah. backstory on him and just the way that he acts that role, you can infer a great deal into how he feels about his job, how he feels about the people around him. And the red flag at the beginning <laughs> that started me off with like, I have so many questions is when he's in the meeting, he knows that the gig is up. Like he gets Spidey senses, Spidey spy senses are are off. And he's like, I, this is this is all going sour. And then he stops in the middle of the street he knows he knows he has seen all of the signs that like you are going to get shot you're going to get shot and then he stops in the middle of the street and i'm like what in the actual f like this is not like an untrained citizen this yeah. is a freaking spy like he wouldn't be like hmm let me just ponder this for a moment but then at the end you realize that everything is running through his head he's he figuring up Right, by, he, well, yes. by, his, by best his best friend. By his best by friend. His best friend. And yeah. so that's where like everything pauses for him, and he can't yeah. no he can no yeah. longer do what he would normally do. So I feel like he was developed. Everybody else wasn't really. Speaking yeah. of his development, do you know what one of the key scenes in is in the book? Very early on, it's not actually the shooting, and you get more about Jim Prado's character from it. It's when he meets the boy Bill yeah. Roach yeah. at yeah. the boarding school. I love those such scenes. A meaningful scene, yeah. and it's the one scene. It's the one part of the book that was not done with as much fidelity as I would hope it would have been, because that's such a great relationship. Him and the boy, and the boy becomes his watcher, and we get the. Yeah. Speaking of a character, actually, the boy um, Roach is actually one that you get the most backstory of. He was kind of an outcast. He didn't fit in. He was new to the school. His parents just kind of were tough on him and said, do better, do better. And he couldn't learn like the other boys could learn. And Jim Prudhoe becomes like his mentor saying, well, you're one of the best watchers I've ever seen. You could look out over the countryside and see any threat if it's coming, you know, report it to me. And he means so much to this little boy. And that kind of just ends up being a weird kind of relationship on screen where you're I like, I thought that relationship was that? so weird. Oh, oh see, see, I, I thought, liked it. Yeah, yeah no, funny. I got it. And I thought that there was enough conversation mm. between them that you understood mm -hmm why they connected you know like and so, and sweet, so yeah. again you you get more of his also, story of like who he was as a kid mm -hmm. right but also at the end of that relationship which is like i don't mm -hmm. i don't want what i what i've become i don't want for you yes but he, right. he has no he can't say that so he you know he shoes him away yeah oh see that he does the thing like harry and anderson's yes. like get out of here but see, and, and i felt Bill. like they were and building up this Bill. idea that like you yeah. couldn't have anyone that you cared about right so benedict yeah. cumberbatch gets right. rid of his lover yeah we yeah. and we never get to see her freaking face so i assume she, she was comes to back and supposed to be taken back into the fold weak spot right yeah i guess so he's taken back that 16 year old girl is a it's a trilogy. Where did actually. you get this she's 16 so year old young? Girl? She's so <laughs> young. He's he's like a 60 year old man. But you he, at least get she when he's looking at her at the party, I thought, oh, he's looking at a young staff member and thinking she she's middle aged now. I didn't think that that was his wife. Katie's very confused about some of the things she sees some of the time, so we'll just have to let it go. <laughs>
She just on aged the very story, well. Yes, it is a trilogy. Answer. And this yes, is, it is the first book of the Carla trilogy. And Carla is the Russian um, the, guy, the one pulling the, the strings. Yeah. In the yeah. co in KGB, and so, yeah. and in this story, doesn't play as big a role, but she is, like you said, Brian, um, Smiley's weakness. Yeah. Carla is his superior in some ways, and uses that weakness to bring him down with this relationship that Bill is having with his wife. And the lighter plays a role. And I, in the movie, I was like, oh, why did they include the lighter? That's only really important if you follow the trilogy, it's such a small thing in this movie yeah. to give the viewers, they're not going to really be able to, to put it in context, but they chose to include the lighter, which was kind of like a one-off, I guess some like lip service to the, the people who read the book, because mm. it doesn't play a big role. If you it, don't know what's going on. The, 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 yeah. Can I just say the fidelity to this novel and, you know, make sure you listen to the no limits episode I was on because the three of us <laughs> talked about this. Uh, Fans get in arguments about it, right? Yes, like if do, you're yeah. a fan of the book and this happens with the Mitch Rapp movie and all this stuff, they want it to be exactly like the book. But then you get something like this. And in my mind, like the document scene we were already talking about clicked in my mind, the document scene from the firm, which Sidney Pollack, mm. who's an amazing director, handled in a way. And it's Holly Hunter. It's Tom Cruise. And it's not exactly the way it was happening in the book. Yeah. But they convey the purpose of what was in the book, but do it in a way that provides real well, tension. And I think you can do that. The the concern, it's like we've talked about this, you know, with other things like the fan service idea. You have to have the lighter. It has to look like that. Like sometimes you can strip that stuff away and get the essence of what the novel is, but yeah. turn it into something that visually well, like this could have been a two hour movie. Two this things movie could have been 20 minutes shorter. Yeah. Two things. One, like think about the movies that this is sort of like a spiritual successor to something like the ones that we've done, the conversation and all the president's men. Like, oh, like if you think men. about all the president's men, there's not a lick of action in that movie. And it so feels tense. like a goddamn freight so train tense. the entire right. time. Right. And that's what I want from this movie. Mm. And about right. halfway through, I'm like, that's never coming. No. Also, same yeah. time period, women <clears throat> and people of color in that film. <laughs> yes, that's true. Same. But, and that, it's the so. United States. Britain has had those people wait, longer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the second thing is, as someone sure. who has seen, I, my, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Um, and he is a writer that does not write uh succinctly it's it's very he's, his books are really long and his movies are usually awful um because there's like it's just really hard it, it's really hard yeah. to adapt a screenplay from a novel uh especially when so much of it is you know a, like a theater of the mind kind of situation where you have your your characters thinking and and acting um without dialogue and exposition. Yeah. Can I ask Is questions it? of the people yeah. that oh, have read yeah. the book? I was book. just about yes. to ask you this question. Oh. I was about to ask Go ahead. You. No, Go ahead. You, you ask your question first. Uh, it's, as you guys who haven't read the book, does this movie make you want to pick up other Lake Ray novels? No, no, no. See, that's, so the reason we picked this novel when Brian asked us like, pick a, or pick, not, not this novel, why we picked this movie was because, well, obviously Lake Ray just passed away. We're a spy uh, podcast, so we wanted to pick something both to honor him and honor us. So, but yeah, like I really wanted something yeah. that would make you would watch this and then 
oh, I really like this stuff. Let me go read. There's, there's, this is a trilogy. There's a couple more books with George Smiley, like, yeah. and it doesn't do that. It's no, disappointing. I think the comparison to All the President's Men is a really good one because yeah. the minute we finished that movie, I thought I need, I want to read this. Like, I, I, I want to, I want to know all well, of the other pieces is, to the story that aren't covered in the film. You know, this is essentially '70s cinema, but. Yeah. To me, like as someone yeah. who loves 70s cinema, the cinematography, yeah. even even the French, some of the, the music, the French horn. Yes. Like, like but it, I would even say jazz intro. I would even say stylistically, because I've been watching it a lot, a lot of like 70s movies recently. Even some of the character stuff that we were talking about, like 70s, some 70s cinema, not all. Was, I think, very vague in some of their character development, like. They, it was just a thing. They left, you know, per, like purposeful blind spots and yeah. characters. But it, this was just a little bit different. I think they got into this position where it was like, I don't know if it was like the expectation that most of the people were going to watch this were going to be readers of the novel. So maybe there's going to be a deeper understanding of these characters so we can gloss over some of that. Um and I think there's probably a fear like like all big thrillers, right? Like I, to me, Jurassic Park comes to mind like they don't really consolidate many characters in this. There could have been a consolidation of some of these characters yep. who were slightly redundant or play similar roles to beef it up. Yep. That could have made it slightly less confusing, slightly more fastly, you know, more pace to it and stuff like that. And there was just a decision made that they were going to stick to what that is. And I think there's probably a value to it. And there's a camp of people who probably love this film for that reason. But when you look at it for what's actually on the screen, which ultimately for our purposes is all that matters. Yep. There leaves some things to be desired in terms yeah. of our attachment to characters and what we're supposed to take away from it in terms of the end. Do I care that much? Yep about what the end product is. Yeah, you I almost... Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say, I almost wish this film that we got was the director's cut, that you pay an extra 50 bucks and you buy the DVD, which has three, four hours of footage, and they put all that junk in. But the one they release to the public, to what I would hope is the point of the film, besides making money, bringing readers and viewers to the genre, bringing people to watch 70s, Cold War era movies, um, spy stories to pick up the Le Carre books. And they fall short in doing that. And a perfect example is Roy Bland, Mr. Thickface. Just roll him into one character along yeah. with the other guy, Toby Esterhase, yeah, who he guy. he pulls onto the um, uh, the runway with yeah. the very bad green screen and the yeah. plane behind it. Mm -hmm. Make them the same character. Yeah. I think that's a great suggestion. Um, so I almost wish... Yeah. To give a little yeah. like fan service, it could have been a director's. Cut, I, like I would really just like them hours. to lean into one of the themes. So, like, if you're if you're going to tell a story and the theme is going to be the sacrifices these people make to do this job, then mm -hmm. lean into that. If you want to be vague about that and tell the story of like an incredible tight spy thriller that is a procedural, then do that. But like. For me, it was like walking the line and didn't really go either way. And I, to me, there were no stakes in this movie either. Like, that's another thing. And that maybe can play a little bit more in a book where you kind of just 
I don't know. And maybe it's just proximity. Like we're, we're so far removed from the cold war at this point that like, yeah, of course we know that having a Russian mole is bad, but like, there's never a why that's bad in this movie. And why that, yeah, I I see what you mean about, yeah, it gets lost. Because the small hint is that the the Russian mole Carla, who was orchestrating this, didn't want British intelligence at all. Yeah, he wanted the American intelligence. And if the Brits had reliable Soviet intelligence to pass to the Americans, the Americans would play ball. And if the Americans play ball with the Brits, it can ultimately get to the Soviets. But again, it's just a convoluted thing that doesn't work as a film unless you tinker and tailor with it which they clearly did not (laughs) there was points to me where this felt like it was caught in between them wanting to make a feature film or a bbc four episode miniseries which they already did exactly which (laughs) they already did and that's where i was like there were people being introed where i feel like tom hardy's character for example like that character, there could have been more going on there. There were just occasionally people like popping up yeah. and it was kind of like, OK, this person's in it now. Well, that moment is actually the now, moment I started this... paying more attention because I thought I know, but he that, came I alive was... when he came. I out. liked that yes. story. I but have that's questions. That's what I mean. It reminded <laughs> me of Hooper yes. and Jaws. I have questions. Agree, but you could have more of that. But that's so my point. Was it was like she all the in spy or, no. or was her husband the spy? They were both spies. They were both spies. Well, her that. husband was the spy and she kind of picked up on information through what he did. That's what yeah. I thought. And she kind of dabbled in spycraft. She uh, wasn't like a trained super agent. Yes. But she dabbled in it enough through her Wikipedia husband. Wikipedia had this all wrong. Yeah. That was the only part of the Shocking. Wikipedia entry that I was like, I you're did doing not your intelligence research on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Brian, when you nap and it is 15 minutes before the podcast, you yes, have to take the, drastic That's what actions. you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> but she knew enough that that her secret, you yeah. know, she could have been traded. And that's what she was asking Ricky for. Like, I have a terrible life with this Soviet spy guy living in Istanbul. Yes. Get me out of it. I'll give up the name of the mole. Okay. You know, if you take me in. And then Ricky was like, oh, right, let's take her in. But as soon as he reported that, yeah. he's got to go to ground. I liked that little that little scene was great, too. Yeah. You know, it's the phone call. Segment, that was good. I, I liked that's, that. That was, was good. The, 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 the middle the third there. of this movie yeah. I thought was really good. There were bits that worked really yeah. well. Which which third? The middle. The middle third. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wish yeah. they would have like done like that's the part that I wish was even more like they would have because that's the part in All the President's Men that I find so intriguing is to like see the brilliance craft, of these right? people the trade craft yeah too. yeah like, right exactly that. exactly i missed Speaking did they have a final details, shot of the chess piece when he like figured out which chess piece it was yeah was that was exactly no. interesting yeah. to me because yeah. they kept coming back interesting kept coming back yet it could be such a compelling storytelling piece mm-hmm. to lead with the chess pieces and the different faces and if if smiley actually moved them on the board yeah. to like mirror different moves he was making it could come mm. off as cheap but it could also be really smart. Well, they Instead, showed they him doing his cut and paste it. of the Russian guy. They like they That's, took yeah, the time was... to show that. Like I'm adding a new piece to the board. I still yeah. the part that is sort of unforgivable for me. And and, and I, I I will I will say that like the only reason I feel this way is because I did like the majority of this movie. Is that you see him in this upper room at the end of the film with his shoes off, so he's not making noise about to sneak down and confront the mole. And you don't ever see that happen. Yeah. Weird choice. I really didn't like the ending. 
weird, very nope. weird choice. Not, the, not the very ending, but that ending. Yeah. Very I weird. feel like you there get... There could have been so much tension the at that right. one moment. Yeah. Well, and, and then they sort of play with the idea that, like, now we're just going to go and and have the viewpoint be from um, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, like his his point of view, where it's like, oh, my God, he's in there alone with these people. What's going on? But then he, he just comes in and it's like, oh, we got it all under control. Don't and it's worry. like, what does just the Russian happened? just walk out? Yeah, he does, does just because walk out? yeah, he just walks out because he's a yeah. diplomat. So he's gonna get in trouble at home. And that's when he says to like Colin Firth, you'll get sent back and you'll get a medal and stuff. Yeah. And I as the diplomat who was your handler is uh, he's basically why does, gonna get why to does send he Siberia. think that Colin Firth is gonna get sent back? That's the because point. that's what he was gonna be. If he wasn't shot and killed by Mark Strong, he was getting sent back to Russia. They were going to the trade him. They were going to trade him. They used to oh. trade spies all the time. Yeah. Bridge of Spies. Watch the uh, Spielberg Bridge of Spies movie. That's can I come back to Anne? Okay. <laughs> yes. I can't ask about <laughs> Anne. God. Does she have any words in the book? Does the woman speak? In, in later books, right? Like that's the whole setup, which I think Mike hit on, which is like problematic. A lot of her character is set up away in the first one. There's probably more lines, but it's set up to play more in the later part of the trilogy. Do we see her give him the lighter in the first book? No. So mm. the lighter story, and I'm trying to think, there were a few very witty things f that Anne says, but she doesn't actually say it now that I think about it. It's Smiley recounting all the mm. advice she kind of gave him. Like there was one so thing weird. where he was, he was going to quit. And basically the only reason he didn't leave MI6 earlier when, you know, kind of the writing was on the wall and he's getting pushed out and said something like, if you're going to do it and you want to do the job well, like see it through to the very end. And so it's always through Smiley's point of view, mm. how Anne influenced him. I just I would All like right. to suggest that the way that she's portrayed in the movie makes her seem like a non-entity, like an idea. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. That but like there's like the, the reality of her yeah. doesn't actually matter, that they don't have an actual relationship it's more of like an obsession as opposed to like someone he genuinely loves. Right, and Colin Firth says that in the part yeah. where you were sleeping. Well, no, no, no. I, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. No, I heard that that's why Colin Firth slept with her, yeah. but not that's not what he was saying about yeah. Smiley's yeah, relationship yeah. with her. No, 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 no. You no, get but the like impression everybody's that he is legit devoted her. to her. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, you're right. it's a weird... Removed yeah, it's a weird portrayal. I, is and, to give Smiley a weakness. And yeah. there was also yes. this really out of character moment for Smiley. And I don't know what, what, how this works in the script or how it works in the book where he's recounting the conversation he had with Carl, Carla. And like, yeah. he's, he's just, he's not telling a story. He's literally just acting out his. Yeah, yeah that was weird. That yep. was super that was a weird. weird choice. That's yeah, how I didn't get it. I think that's both a uh, a drawback of the film and the book because that's how we get a lot of these stories. I think it's like twenty pages where Smiley's just telling. I met Carla and I was interrogating him and I gave him this lighter right. and then he kept it. And the same thing with Ricky Tar. Remember how exciting it was when he came in from the cold yeah. and he's like, I've got this secret news about a mole. I got to tell somebody in the book. He just talks for, I think, 40 pages. That is that Ricky style, just right? Randoms. That's the look, yeah, yeah. look Carrier style, but, which is, yeah. but that's fine in the book, but there's so many pieces in this movie that they jumble anyway. Why not yeah. just show the goddamn scene? Why well, I jumble more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause there are so many you like, get flashbacks yep. and, and, so and they're they're purposely playing with that idea as well as like, is this a flashback? Is this reality? 
with the Pardue character, when yeah. you when you first see him at the school, you don't really know. There's the little hint that the kids are making fun of him for being a hunchback. Hunchback, yes. yeah. But like, he, and he's not at, he's not really a hunchback. So it's sort no, of like he's not. it's like art. What are the yeah, and so like that's confusing as well. So it's the the filmmakers so are confusing. playing with the idea of confusion. There's no way they put that they edited that together in that order and didn't know that that first couple scenes with him at the boarding school was going to be confused for something that happened prior to him getting a shot. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I, I at did first, not... I thought it was a flashback. Yeah, well, me I think too. That's a fair oh. assessment of yeah. it. Yeah. This huh. this movie at times okay. reminded me of There Will Be Blood. Um, in the sense mm, that never seen the, that. Perf the performances, Where you I have can't no, tell what, I, I have yeah. no, comp I have no complaints with the performances. Like, I think the performances are strong. Like the acting in the film is strong. The, the visuals of the film are strong. Like I like all the, comp like all the components of the film are yeah. interesting. There's just something like when you put it together, you just feel the like storytelling. Storytelling. I don't know if it's it simply is. that well, it's, though, but it's, 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 it's the chronology and the perspective. Off. Like this is a B, like I think this is probably like a B, again, like a B minus movie that had the potential to be the equivalent of what the novel is, and and the novel is really good well, it just needed I, I to be distilled it needed focus i think it's interesting like, that it yeah. was nominated for an oscar for adapt adapted screenplay because i think that's the flaw yeah. I, that's I, I think that's I'm, where it I'm, fails I'm, I'm guessing they're saying that it because it was so true like mm. that, that that was my only yeah, reason the adapted screenplay every year is a weird yeah one of the weirdest weird categories category. it's a yeah. very weird category because it should be that it's what done does it effective, mean like, like effectively in mm -hmm. that you have taken the Adapted. medium and yeah, presented exactly. it on screen well, in a compelling exactly. way. Well, also, we what we talked about the best screenplay. How do they grade that? Do they right? Well, you, exactly. You, that's the other. We've are you basing never it on true, just the written? Do we never? Yeah. yeah do they actually read the screenplay, or do they no, grade the screenplay by the film? That makes no sense. I think they just look at it yeah. and say, John Lacarrie book. They turned it into a movie. Gary Oldman uh, Oscar nomination. Yeah. 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 Great. Sounds and Gary like Oldman, I, let's be honest, like Gary Oldman was great. But yes, like, he's he not really doing much in I this I was movie. wondering. But I think there was a, a moment in the though. movie where yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, I get why he was so, nominated for an Oscar now, but it took a while to get there. It was that scene. It was that scene where he's, Mark Strong. he's doing the... Uh, doing, Mark Strong was very good. He's just I pretty... He doesn't I react do. much. He's pretty flat. It made me want to go watch The Kingsman again. Oh, <laughs> oh God. And who half so his good. cast was in that movie. Yeah. Half the, that that I very, was happy that Uncle Jamie got a little bit... <laughs> got, got a little bit of... Face. Well, yeah, but he all... <laughs> you know, he got cheated on in Love Actually, and then and he got he it to be the guy. Yeah, you know, a little flip. Set. A little flip on the script. I hate Uncle Jamie. He wasn't hated. Well, he was still hated in this movie, yeah. <laughs> All right, so our question now is this. Is this king of the hill or bottom of the barrel yeah. for commagers? And Mike and Chris, feel free if you've seen these other movies to chime in. If not, don't worry about it. Have you guys it. seen Arsenic and Old Lace? Have <gasps> you seen Rad? Have All right. I saw the now listen. musical, not the movie. Katie, okay, watch well, this close. film for the two of you. All right, you I want to make watch a Arsenic clarification. <laughs> you I want to make a clarification moving forward here. Um, 
Because last week we took Casablanca off the King of the Hill, even though all the grades for Casablanca were higher than the grades for our. So moving forward, when we talk about is the film better than the other, that means from just not the film perspective, but our enjoyment. I like that. Our question this week is uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy better in our opinion than Arsenic and Old Lace? Is it worse than Rad? All right. So. Uh, well, Katie, Jim, and I will do this. Um, no, it's right in the no. middle. Yeah, it's just going to live in the middle, I think, for the rest of the year. It's yeah. just going to live right in the center. Right in the center. Yeah. I would watch this again over Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, really? Right. Yep, I would. I feel like I'm wondering if I watch this again, if I would be more drawn to this movie. I have a feeling that a it point. might... I'll it tell you might how... be something I need a, another watch on. And I'm point. not saying it's going to jump significantly, but I do wonder if it would jump slightly more because there were some expectations I had of it. Yeah. And I'm wondering if I that affected. That. We're different in this way, feeling. though. So like you, I feel like, Brian, you will watch this again and and lean way more into like the stuff that you like. If mm-hmm. I watch something again with something as egregious as you that ending, I start to fixate on it and be like, I, I know what's like going to go happen. You're going to yeah. find more reasons to hate it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just so and you need a nap. Yeah. You're going to get, so, you're going to get on board with me about goddamn go Anne. Sleep, That's what's going to happen. You're going to join me about Anne. But I should say, like, I did like this movie. <laughs> I, it's way closer to the top of the list than, than to Rad. <laughs> Yes, it is. I mean, it's a different clear, category. I mean, it is not as bad as red. No, not even I, close. again, like I appreciate it, but I just feel like we've seen so many movies of this style done better. I would say all the president's men and the conversation. I think the conversation's a great comparable too, because right. I think the conversation is an example of like the seventies style of. Yeah. kind of a thinking thriller where there's some they action all but need not to have of, one yeah. of those uh like freight elevators in it yeah we we'll always need a freight elevator and everything. oh by the way did anyone else watch this and immediately want a document dumbwaiter did benedict oh, cumberbatch yes. not <laughs> know that the guy was in the elevator with him because it seemed like the camera played a trick that was, on you. yeah that he was clearly dumb. knew the man that was, was there choice. when he entered yeah. into the elevator he is a spy like i <laughs> Were we, was he surprised? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. There's one person know. on the elevator and it's white. It's a white <laughs> elevator. The lights work. There I thought is. you said there was a white person, but that wouldn't have they been were all of them. All of them movie, were white. So they were all white. Uh, all right, it's time for five questions. Here <laughs> we go. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man? Mr. Lebowski. What the fuck is the internet? Who are you? Why? All right, time for five questions. Chris and Mike will be answering this week. Uh, question number one, our thumbs up or thumbs down question. Of course, Gary Oldman, so many amazing films, maybe none more amazing than a little film called Air Force One, which you, we've sir. done on Com Features. Uh, guys, are we thumbs up or thumbs down on Wolfgang Peterson's um, dramatic foray into what happens when a president gets stuck on Air Force One with a fake former Russian Republic terrorist God, organization. Tread, tread lightly, gentlemen. No, don't tread, tread lightly. lightly. Two thumbs up. This is my Stop mom's validating Katie's. This is my yes. mom's favorite movie. No. I don't know how many times I've watched what? this movie, but I love it. 
Oh my gosh. The second best spacecraft or air vehicle that Harrison Ford has been on in a movie. Yes. Second, well, that, that, that could I be agree. I can, I I can give agree. you that. I will say, though, Kyle Mills writes a better airplane action sequence Total in power. one of his done in Total Power. The most yeah. recent we Kyle science Mills the shit out of thriller. Air Force One and then yeah. what they do it did not. It did not. And, by the way, you can't put the science. It, we didn't on need it. science. I just looked at what they were doing and like that won't fucking work. And everyone else was like, well, we need to reach out to physicists and shit. And I was like, no, common sense tells me you can't jump out of a plane and go forward on it a zip line. turns out in physics, they also like look at things through the common sense lens. Our physicist wow. is like, so the common sense theory does apply after well, he went through just, all the science. Jim, your problem is you believe in science. The rest of us have given up on science. Well, so science it does not Yeah, yeah so, well, Oh, yes, in movies, I care about it. Not, not in real life. Not no. in real life. All right, uh, question... Door. Yes. Brad Thor has a good um, action scene as well with planes in Backlash. Oh, that is a good. Yes, good one. That is a very good one. All right, question two here, guys. Uh, we have, of course, one of the famous adaptations of Sherlock Holmes is one Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch. Hmm. Uh, would you rather see his interpretation of Sherlock Holmes or Robert Downey Jr.'s interpretation of Sherlock Holmes? Mm, this oh. is tough. Oh, the pause. The pause. Oh, this was easy for this me. This is easy for us. I mean, uh, I'm going Benedict. I like Benedict. Yeah, I got to go Benedict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we love, I but love Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but but, I enjoy those movies. Yes, so. they are good movies, but, but yeah. his Sherlock Holmes is so good. I really did Freeman. not enjoy Benedict's hair in this movie. The male oh, hair in this movie is what crazy. Is going what, what on? Is, well, so many wigs? of the men's hair in this movie. Yes, it's a wig, and it's not anywhere near his natural hair color, yeah. so it looks super awkward. Yeah, but it like, had to be the style of the. I guess England so, but is he supposed time? to be what wearing is... a wig in his real life in the movie? Maybe? Like that's like I, I guess know. the character He's was probably described character? as having a specific hairstyle Maybe? or something. Because really otherwise, why would you make choice. him wear was a wig? Was the hair yeah. better or worse than Sigourney Weaver and Dave? Better. Sigourney, oh, hey, Sigourney Weaver's, Weaver's hair and Dave is the worst hair in any movie. <laughs> There's never would been. Would you rather have Sigourney Weaver's hair? Or Sybil Shepherd's wardrobe from Chances Are. Uh, I would rather have Sybil's Sybil. wardrobe. Uh, what yep. about wardrobe. Mary Stuart Masterson's no. dress? No. What about her no. haircut? No. No. <laughs> All right. The... All right. Mary Stuart Masterson's hair plus dress gets to the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. Here we go. Uh, question three. Our fill in the blank question, uh, guys. If you were spies, your code name would be. Oh. Can I say one for Chris? Yes. Oh, yes. I like oh, that. Great. Even better. I like you'd be the scientist. Oh, uh, doctor. The biologist. I love is, it. Chris, I, love is that it. What I was thinking you, along those lines, really something are. like playing on like gar. What was it? A uh, beggar man, garbage man. Um, I was Tinker, thinking the madman. The madman. Madman. Oh, I like that one. The madman and the scientist. I'd be the pizza man. The pizza man. The pizza man. I love that one. That's a good one too. All right, guys. Favorite question here. Obviously, we know you love a Mitch Rap thriller. Hence why you should be listening to No Limits, a Mitch Rap podcast. Uh, what's your favorite non-Mitch Rap thriller? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> or you doesn't have to be your favorite. You could just give us one that you think somebody um, should read. What's one that you think somebody should read? Definitely Michael Jackson. No, um, <laughs> uh, I'd have to go like a Tom Clancy 
like uh, Hunt for Red October. Yes, I, I, I love those. About that movie too. Or and um, movie amazing as well. Or um, what's his name? Born Identity. Um, oh, Robert Ludlum. Robert yeah. Ludlum. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, a great example, Chris, of a film that is nothing like <laughs> nothing the book, like the book, but takes but an like amazing the core movie. of the source material. That's a great call, Mike. What about you? Uh, I actually am going to go with one. I thought Chris, you would say Brad Thor's first. If you want to oh. get into a very similar character to Mitch Rapp, start with the Scott Harvath series. I'm going to say Lions of Lucerne. Lions great of Lucerne. thriller. Lucerne is that would be a good movie as well. And that would make a great movie. He has been trying for a very long time to get that turned into a movie. Finally, our deep thoughts question, guys, if you could have dinner with any author living or dead, who would it be? Oh, hmm. let me answer for Katie and say Mitch Rapp. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to come in with my real answer and my heart was already like, "Mm, I love him. And then you turned it. (laughs) Maya Angelou. (laughs) Yeah. So when I read this question, I thought it was thriller. I thought it was also a a thriller author. Okay. Well, you. And I didn't see the living or dead. So I just went with living. And I don't know. I really like Gillian Flynn's or Gillian. Gillian yeah Flynn's. yes I, li- I like her novel so i want to talk to her mainly about gone girl because that's one of my favorite books awesome mike other movie you guys can do on the podcast yes gone girl is a good one Fincher. we haven't done a fincher uh, mill movie have no we yeah um yes we did you haven't done fincher i don't think so who what well, maybe we didn't actually you're right oh didn't we do social network oh yeah we did social, oh, social right. network okay mike how about you who you want to be having a dinner with living and while we're talking thrillers i would go with steve barry steve barry writes newly released of, book this week yes yes i can't wait but all his books are thrillers a la mitch rap but kind of similar but the main character is more of an academic and a bookseller and so <clears throat> each of the steve barry thrillers has a historical flair going back in history to solve puzzles based on historical clues kind of like a dan brown um but one other i do want to shout out so the dead category Tolkien. I would ask. Yeah, I was about to say, Jim, like, now that I Tolkien. read the question, I was going to say Tolkien. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be a great conversationalist. And real. That'd be interesting. To I feel meet, he'd be very though, quiet. Probably. No, I don't think he'd be quiet. Really? But I think he'd be verbose. used to yeah. get down mm. at the get, 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 get crazy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I have met Steve Barry, and he's a very nice guy. So he would be oh, a perfect right. person to have uh, dinner with. Yeah, just um, threw that one right in there. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, does anybody Name have any drive. recommendations for this week? Anything that we need to be doing, seeing, reading, eating, hmm. watching? I will say. Oh, we have a thing happening here. Jim got me a Valentine's Day present. Oh, we usually right. don't do it. Ooh. We used to actually, we used to get each other books, books. for right. Valentine's Day. Yeah. We have entirely too many books. We had to stop. <laughs> We've <laughs> known each other for too long. And two books every year for Valentine's Day. There's so many like sentimental books happening. So, um, this is House, and it is a uh, all-natural aperitif. And they have a and sampler set. We have, we like have a sampler of four of them. So we are right now drinking the citrus flower, uh, which is a little elderflower and citrus combination. It's delicious. Yeah. Cheers. I will say, um, if you are someone that grew up in the same time period as us, so if you were a child of the 80s and 90s, uh, and you love sitcoms, and you even are slightly interested in the Marvel movies, you should be watching WandaVision because it's yes. like a love letter to sitcoms. Amazing. Um, in in like a crazy way, it you know it starts in the, each episode, it like progresses from like the fifties. Each each one is like a new decade 
the whole set changes everything changes mm. um yeah and the, the most recent one i watched i think was uh was like office slash modern family, uh, modern family. family. Yeah. yep absolutely yeah. um I'll do one quickly. Uh, my favorite author, Ken Brune, his new book, A Galway Epiphany, came out. It's very noir. I love reading his stuff. Black uh, Irish, oh, just like you, yep. Bri. That's just like me. And then make sure uh, you pre-order Matt Betley's uh, new novella, which comes out March 15th. Uh, we uh, on Commagers have become so famous, we're now blurbing things on Amazon. No, I stop saying that word. Don't ever again. say that word again, Brian. If, we are blurbing it. If You're I can make influencer. one recommendation for you guys, uh, it's a movie that just came out on HBO, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, yeah, we're ah, watching it. We are watching in it in March. two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yep, no, it's it will so be good. on comedy. It's coming. It's, it's coming. So wait. You better you better listen. Join us. Oh, Join us. It's I March 11th. For it. We are very excited. March 11th. Put it on the calendar. Um, your guys' uh, ideas inspired me. I guess on serious movies, um, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh, we have yeah. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin uh, up for a Golden Globe. We have a love-hate relationship with Aaron but Sorkin. But we're in the West Wing right now, yeah, so exactly. we're back to the loving. We love we're back most to the of loving. his stuff. Except Another for To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway was an abomination. Your relationship. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Guys, well, this one was good. Yeah. Chicago. Where Sunday. can we find No Limits? And yeah. if they want to follow you, where can we follow you? You can find us at MitchRapPod.com. That's rap with two P's, R-A-P-P. -P. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We are about 45 episodes in, so you can catch up on the old ones or jump right in with us. We read one rap book per month, and in between reading the books, we also bring on other special guests. On social media, both Instagram and Twitter, we're at Mitch Rap Pod. And lastly, our Facebook group. Just search on Facebook, No Limits, the Mitch Rap Podcast. Yes. And we are doing a horrible job of reminding people that we now have a second podcast. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Make Ooh, sure you sure. tune in to our new Shits Creek podcast, which is now available on all pod sites mm -hmm. as well. It's getting there. Episode it, three drops on Saturday. The Shit Show. Shit's Creek podcast. And it takes me three times every episode that we recorded to say that properly. It's, it's, it's a lot it, of work. It's I've like been practicing Sally, all Sally week. sells seashells. Yes, I've seashore. been practicing all week. Yep. Uh, He's a professional. I, I am a professional. I am. Bro, of course. You know, would, would you mind if I wrap us up for the evening with oh, a song like tradition that. Like, like oh. we like to do? A dramatic reading? Pod. Yes. I like to offer some of our special guests, and you three most certainly are very welcoming hosts so as host i'd like to offer you a limerick oh, oh God. i love this <laughs> so mitch rap pod special limerick i read one to kyle mills and he was uh he was quite would you say he threw a no hitter i don't know if that day. was his reaction <laughs> he was taken aback he, he i am taken i am i am didn't taken think someone of your gender would be ever reading poetry would be the first person <gasps> to ever read poetry so he was hoping it would come from somebody did he throw a no hitter like the me. next day but <laughs> he, you know. did. And he did i bet he did <laughs> don't tell kyle well, mills that i'm joking about him being a professional <laughs> baseball player <laughs> was there a kyle mills no, it just, it, it, it that just name, sounds like when it. you were talking about you're names. interrupting so the man. He's going to read me poetry, Jim. <laughs> right, Shut up. Right, right. Although there is a famous cricketer. I think he's either 
Australian yes, or something. There's a famous cricketer. Named Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I only know because a book review website used the picture of the cricket player when they wanted <laughs> instead Kyle of Mills the author. Instead of Kyle. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So when you said baseball player, I'm like, oh shit, is there a baseball player, <laughs> a cricketer, oh, and an author? <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I read the limerick. I'm right. Lay that right, limerick on me. Here we go. Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Grateful to have you as a podcast ally. So we of Mitrap Pod to the Com Majors applaud a fantastic show that cannot go awry. Thank you for having us, guys. Yes. Oh, we love it. Thank you. Yes. Well, we will have you guys on again and we will do something exciting, of course. <laughs> we'll maybe all get some wings. and eat them in our respective socially distanced house we also want to invite you guys uh in the month of july or june we're going to be reading american assassin and that is the only mitrap novel that has been adapted into a movie and so we want to invite you guys onto our pod watch that movie so you have a couple months Uh, but yeah look out for that I like it. And by then, we will make sure Katie knows the character and the uh, author. Listen, if I read the book, there I'm all go. in. I'm all in. That's a good one to get started with. It okay. is a good one. I have extra copies of it. I can send it to you, Katie. So <laughs> thank you, Brian. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. We loved having you on, and we'll see you soon. And goodbye, everybody. Bye, Thanks everyone. for joining us. Yes. Bye.